Live Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. By the way, Wayne, normally joining us on Wednesday nights, had, uh, I guess, an emergency job come up he had to attend to, so he won't be joining us this evening. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. We go right into the phone calls, because this is the show about your calls, and talk to Matt in Illinois on the amplifier line. Hello, Matt. Hiya. How are you guys doing tonight? Great. Uh, What's on your mind? I heard something on CNN today. I have to catch the CNN when I was uh, in the lunchroom at work. And it was Mr. Gottbaum, the uh, father of the woman who died in the Phoenix airport, the woman who supposedly choked herself to death. Mm, right, right. She was uh, handcuffed after having a bit of an outburst in the, I guess, the air- airport facility. Uh, they put her in a cell by herself. They came back 15 minutes later, and she had apparently allegedly killed herself. Uh, I guess there were some autopsies that were supposed to be done, and I hadn't heard anything as far as an update on the case. Well, um, I heard his recorded statement, and it kind of bothered me a little bit. I wanted to get your guys' take on it. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be bothered. I don't know. But what what he said basically was he was talking about her alcoholism and how um, it, it was so terrible that she couldn't uh, tell anybody about her disease and she had to hide it. He didn't say a word about the TSA handcuffing his daughter or leaving her alone or anything like that. Just hmm. talked about her alcoholism. And Unusual. I don't know. Yeah, if it was me, if it was my daughter, I'd have been all over the, the TSA and, and you know, I, at the very least, they were negligent. Maybe he bought the story. Well, I don't know. It just it seemed, it seemed strange to me. Um, you know, they were saying that she was drunk and stuff like that, but I just, you know, I, I find it hard to believe that somebody choked themselves to death while they were handcuffed. I do, too. It really is a uh, an outrageous, bizarre story, and it's so hard to believe the government goons, so you want to you wanna just sort of uh, come up with your own story as to what could possibly have happened, but it's all speculation. There's... I don't know if there are any cameras in the cell. We I don't know if that's been revealed yet to where you could actually see this happening, but I doubt it. Um, and, and that's another thing is if we're in such a surveillance state, why isn't there a camera in that cell? It seems to me that would be the place that you would want to have a camera. I mean, it's okay to have cameras everywhere else in the world, but once you put a camera in a place where you can keep an eye on our keepers, there's no camera there. That's unusual, too. Certainly questionable, Matt. And uh, I don't know. Uh, what can you say in this case? The uh, The investigation is probably in the hands of the state, and the state certainly doesn't have an interest. The government doesn't have an interest in really investigating uh, investigating itself too thoroughly. I had heard that the family was talking about hiring a third-party autopsy uh, to be performed. I don't know, again, what uh, what what came of that. But what an awful story, and what a sad, tragic story. This woman... She didn't have to be killed. She didn't have to be put into that situation. She, If she was acting out, I don't know if that's necessarily a call to put someone in a jail cell. Maybe it's just a call to remove them from the situation, you know, remove them from the airport. Or at, at, very least, at the very least, try to treat her with a little bit of dignity. It seems like she, she had a very, very little dignity uh, that they treated her with, even if she was drunk. There um, you go. 
Matt, thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate it as always. 800-259-9231. Not really airport news, but it is sort of air-related. This from boingboing.net. Interesting story about the Gulfstream 2 jet filled with 3.7 tons of cocaine that crashed in the Yucatan a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if we mentioned it on this show, but it, it was one of the news items from the, from the last couple of weeks. According to the Austin American Statesman, this plane has previously been flown to Guantanamo Bay which has a highly restricted airspace, as you might imagine. According to them, some news reports have linked the plane to the transport of terrorist suspects to the U.S. detention center at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. But those reports cite logs that indicate only that the plane flew twice between Washington and Guantanamo and once between Oxford, Connecticut and Guantanamo. No terrorist suspects are known to have been transferred to Guantanamo directly from the United States. The jet, with the tail number N987SA, changed hands twice in recent weeks, but how it ended up in the hands of suspected drug traffickers remains a mystery. The Mexican Attorney General's office said the blue and white Gulfstream 2 crashed Monday in a remote jungle area over the Yucatan Peninsula. Authorities seized 132 bags of cocaine, weighing in at four tons. So this plane was packed full of cocaine. That's a lot of coke. It crashed, obviously, on accident in the Yucatan Peninsula, and then they're finding out here that according to the tail number, at least, if that's to be believed, this plane has been used to go to Guantanamo Bay. What does that tell you exactly? What does that suggest? Does it suggest that there are some members of the government, higher-ups, that sort of thing, that might have CIA, perhaps, that might be involved here and there and doing a little drug dealing on the side? That's all I'm getting out of this. Could you um, clear it up a little bit? They think that it's a government plane that changed hands a few times? Well... And then somehow some drug smugglers got it? It's it's hard to say exactly whose hands it is in, it was in when it was found, when it was crashed. Uh, but according to Mad Cow Morning News, they visited the owners of the plane, which its, its current owners are supposedly Donna Blue Aircraft Incorporated from Coconut Beach, Florida. Sounds like, you know, a private airline company flying from place to place. Well, they discovered when they went to visit the actual business location that it's an empty office suite with a blank sign out front. Sounds like a CIA op. Well, now, that could also be just uh, drug dealers with a front, some sort of a business, just a really flimsy business front. But then there's this extra point. There was no sign of Donna Blue Aircraft Incorporated that the address listed at the Florida Department of Corporations. However, there were, oddly enough, a half a dozen unmarked police cars parked directly in front of the empty suite. Now, what's that tell you? Coincidence? Don't know. Could be. Phone calls to Butters Development, the industrial park's leasing agent, went unreturned. Moreover, the brief description of Donna Blue on its internet page, apparently designed to flesh out the ghost a little, is such a clumsily half-hearted effort that it defeats the purpose of helping aid the construction of a plausible legend or cover, and ends up doing more harm than good. For example, the website features a quote from a satisfied Donna Blue aircraft customer. Unfortunately, his name is John Doe, and the listed phone number is right out of the movies. 415-555-5555. Very interesting. So that's a de- it's a dead end at this point. I mean, if, no- if this that, that that's bizarre. Who would be that dumb to list John Doe with um you know, their only reference is John Doe with <laughs> Certainly not professional drug smugglers. I would think that they I, would cover their tracks a little bit better than that. I would think the drug smugglers would be smarter than that, but I would hope that the spies that are protecting America would be smarter than that, too. I mean, when you read Tom Clancy, these spies are smart. Right. 
I wouldn't think that they'd be dumb enough to do that, but the the there there's certainly some suspicious evidence. It's just an amazing story. And just, wasn't that what happened with the, the Iran-Contra thing where the, the the CIA was running some drugs to make some money to supply to whomever so to get money from Iran? I don't know if it was Iran-Contra. I'm not sure about all that. But uh, I know that there has been a lot of interesting evidence in the past that points to CIA involvement in drug smuggling. I mean, it, it makes sense. Well, it certainly it makes sense. It's the only way to make that kind of money, and you're insulated from arrest. Pretty much. I mean, the CIA is got to be untouchable to some to uh, to a large I mean extent. all they have to do is when if they get if, if there's some kind of um, cop sniffing around they whip out the CIA badge psst, psst. no no mm. special and, investigation that's yeah. it so uh, anyway just there's a little bit more evidence for you something to chew on 800-259-9231 just a front corporation that doesn't really exist empty office suite and I would have been critical of this story had it not had that point about the unmarked police cars parked out front of the empty office suite. If it had just been an empty office suite, I'd have blown it off and said, well, it could be anything. You know, could be a, a front group, uh, could, could just be a front business for real drug smugglers. In this case, it sounds like the cops are involved. Which, if I were a cop, I'd be doing the same thing. I mean, that's good money. And if you're insulated and protected from uh, from getting caught, if you can uh, call off the Coast Guard when you're flying your plane full of cocaine back into the States simply by saying, oh, no, we're the uh, CIA <laughs> or whatever. Or if you have the ability to officially cover your tracks, it's no surprise that there are so many people in government that are involved in the drug trade. 800-259-9231, the guaranteed extreme profits, almost totally guaranteed to be protected. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Nick in South Dakota will take your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. We've got over a quarter of a million posts, serious issues, and fun stuff. You'll find it all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And today, businesses, banks, healthcare providers, landlords, utilities, and educational institutions are plagued by a burgeoning rate of consumers who failed to pay their bills. You might believe this debt only affects those industries and businesses. However, when people don't pay their bills, all consumers pay the penalties, which are manifested through increased prices everywhere. So, if you have or know of any businesses that require assistance with collections, tell them to call SACL CAI for a no-obligation, no-cost proposal. SACL CAI. We reposition companies to zero in on principal operations and regain their financial foundation. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. All right, so uh, we lost Nick, so we are going to continue. Since we started talking about a little bit of corrupt cops, it's been a while since we've done some corrupt cop stories uh, on this show. We started talking about the... God uh, knows I, you wouldn't want to miss out on, the, on that, would you? The CIA... We've been missing out on it for several weeks, as a matter of fact. The CIA uh, allegedly has been involved in drug smuggling. In fact, there have been books written about this. There's been uh, solid amounts of evidence that have been out there for a long time, and certainly plenty of circumstantial evidence, uh, as we just reported to you on this crazy plane case out of uh, Miami. You know, it, let's assume that it's true for a second. 
That what the CIA would, is smuggling drugs? Yes. What would we do about it as Americans? I mean, they're Can't so do anything. You can, insulated from... They're the CIA. I mean, if you, you can were... abolish them. You, if you were a... Uh, I don't know what county this was, but a Broward uh, County Sheriff, and you caught the CIA running drugs, what could you do about it? You couldn't do anything. If you were a citizen and you knew about it, what could you do about it? Nothing. There's your, nothing. You keep your damn mouth shut. Right. You wake up dead. Mm-hmm. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So it it does go on, and it's not just the CIA. It's also local yokels. You know, the local sheriff. They're involved in drug smuggling. Some of them, not all of them. I can't say all of them, but I can say some of them. And in fact, here's uh, the Drug War Chronicle reporting on just a few corrupt cops. They're they're new ones every week. These come out every single week. We just don't do them on Free Talk Live because we just don't have a chance to. Uh, in Zanesville, I uh, Ohio. Two Zanesville police officers and a Zanesville hospital police officer were arrested Monday for allegedly extorting one drug dealer and plotting to rip off another one. Officer Sean Beck, the alleged ringleader, Trevor Fussner, another officer, both of them uh, in their late 20s, and hospital police officer Chad Mills all face federal charges of conspiracy to distribute cocaine. Beck had extorted $7,300 from one drug dealer in exchange for his help ripping off another drug dealer and enlisted the other two cops to help him out. But that ripoff never occurred because Beck got greedy. That's the first cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit his extorted drug dealer for another $1,000, and then the dealer snitched him out. In Detroit, a Detroit police officer was indicted last week for stealing six kilograms of cocaine from the department evidence room. Officer, this one happens all the time. That's the worst place to steal, steal things from. They, you know, they do have security in the evidence rooms. Anyway, it's, uh, it's easier to steal it from a drug dealer when you bust him on the street. Then you can just take his drugs and let him off. And then he'll go away and he'll feel lucky that he didn't go into a jail cell while you got all his drugs. Anyway, Officer Vincent Crockett, who's 39, is charged with possessing cocaine with intent to distribute and stealing government property. The cocaine went missing in March, and Detroit narcotics officers eventually enlisted the FBI in the investigation. If convicted, Crockett could face up to life in prison and a $4 million fine. In Chicago, former Chicago police officer was sentenced Tuesday to six years in prison for shaking down drug dealers with other corrupt officers. See, it's never, it's very rarely is it one lone officer working by himself. Very frequent that you'll find multiple instances of corruption within the same police department. It seems so odd. I, I can see how a um, police department might be, you know, run in a manner or, uh, you know, just to, sort of have the aura, the, the feeling um, of, you know, corruption in there. And, and that would cause more than one police officer to be corrupt. But, you know, when it comes to committing crimes, uh, I spent a good portion of my life in prison around criminals and mm-hmm. one of the uh the pervasive attitudes amongst criminals is if you're going to commit crime do it by yourself like it's less chance someone will snitch you out right that's the guy the guy that you're committing crime with is going to be your co-defendant later and he's going to be testifying against you in order to get himself off seems like a really bad idea to me absolutely uh here's a couple more for you in chicago again shaking down drug dealers According to, let's see, I think the Tribune, yeah. Uh, Former officer Eric Johnson faced up to 11 years but got a break at sentencing because he helped investigate the leaders of the rogue cops. Then officers Broderick Jones and Corey Flagg. His testimony also helped convict uh, convict Ural Black, Johnson's former partner and the only officer among the five charged to go to trial. The other officers have all pleaded guilty and await sentencing. In Largo, Florida, a jail guard was arrested Tuesday on charges he sold drugs to inmates. Kevin Ricks, who's 24, who's been a corrections officer since 2005, worked at the 
Largo Road Prison, where a three-month undercover investigation found that Ricks provided drugs to inmates. That's a, no, that's a um, Largo... Uh, Largo Road Prison. Right, but they said it was Largo Correctional Officer? Largo, Florida Corrections Officer. Uh, correct. This In that particular instance, what you're talking about is a state corrections, a Department of Corrections Corrections Officer. Gotcha. Um, as opposed to a, a local employee. He apparently provided drugs to inmates in exchange for cash, according to the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. And you told me, Mark, that uh, when you were in the clink, a little bit of really crappy marijuana could pull ten times its street value. Tenth of a gram is what I decided that uh, you know small amount of crap is. Pretty amazing. So this guy uh, could have stood to, to profit quite a bit from making these deals. Who knows how long it was going on. He's charged with unlawful compensation, introducing contraband into prison system, and trafficking in cocaine. Was last reported to be on the other side of the bars at the Pinellas County Jail. So it just, you know... It just goes on and on. There's there's never a shortage of corrupt police stories to read. And these, you have to remember, because somebody will always say, well, it's just a few bad apples. Well, you don't ever know how many of the bad apples there are, because only a few of the bad apples get caught. The other ones that are maybe a little bit higher up in the ranks, the more administrative-related uh, ones, because it's all, you ever notice this? It's all, it's very... Ninety percent of the time, it's the peons. You know, mm-hmm. it's the, the the corrections officers, the guys that are hitting the beat on the street. It's very rare that a sheriff will get busted. Very and rare. Everybody knows that uh, that law enforcement is is sort of a club. Um, they don't like to they don't like to um, give speeding tickets to their their own. As a matter of fact, I've seen on law enforcement forums where they complain about it when other officers give them tickets. They don't like it. It's not fair. Um, that th- it seems to me likely that. Probably as many, if not more, than the ones that are um, convicted, you know, or arrested, are let go and given a stern warning or something. And by the way, it's not. I said it's ninety percent of the time. They are. They do still bust sheriffs from time to time, mm-hmm. and it's not always for drugs. You know, even though there's a lot of money in drugs because it because drugs are illegal, therefore it's the black market and you can make oodles of profit. But it's also, well, anything else they can get their hands on because, well, they're in a position of power, see, and they have access to things that you and I might not necessarily have access to, like guns. Bedford, Indiana, according to the Associated Press, a former southern Indiana sheriff accused of forging other officers' signatures and improperly keeping weapons turned over to his department had 183 guns in his home. He's running a little collection. Yeah, we'll give you a little bit more on that. Take your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line for you. Well, this was the former sheriff, but uh, nonetheless, we'll give you more. And we'll, again, take your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. George Phillies is the right candidate for president, a serious, well-educated candidate who stands for the basic principles of liberty and the basic principles of this nation. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. Live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, both are free, so enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like setting up a limited liability company or a corporation. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10% 
That's LegalZoom.com. All right. Just wrap up this story and go right into the phone calls here. Uh, this from Bedford, Indiana. For the, a former Southern Indiana sheriff has been accused of forging other officers' signatures and improperly keeping weapons turned over his department. Had 183 guns in his home, according to a search warrant. Former Lawrence County Sheriff Kent Hawkins faces forgery and other misconduct, official misconduct charges filed in June, accusing him of forging signatures on weapons buyback forms. Under that program, officers can buy their old guns from the department at a reduced cost when they're issued new duty weapons. And that makes sense. Okay. Uh, so if they don't buy the weapons, the firearms are sent to a supplier for credit toward the purchase of new guns, say authorities. Prosecutors accused Sheriff Hawkins of keeping several of the guns instead of sending them to the supplier. A search warrant issued uh, earlier this year. Well, didn't he have to purchase them? Keeping doesn't sound like he purchased them. Yeah, it doesn't sound like that. I'm not sure exactly how that worked, but apparently uh, the search warrant was unsealed Tuesday. shows that Hawkins had 183 guns, some carrying Indiana State Police and Lawrence County Sheriff logos, and several had tags attached to them in his home. A few also had buyback barcode tags. The warrant also shows that Hawkins had firearm accessories, uh, arrows, knives, and a videotape of a crime scene in his rural, uh, rural home. He also apparently has pleaded not guilty to a charge of forgery and two counts of official misconduct. His attorney has requested a jury trial. He's charged along with former police officer John Potter of forging uh, signatures on a federal gun buyback documents. And the unsealed warrant shows that the officers found 18 firearms and a shotgun barrel at Potter's home. He also pleaded not guilty to a charge of forgery. Hawkins, the sheriff, is also accused of failing to, to deliver 72 firearms, a snowplow for an all-terrain vehicle, and a camera and a gun boot to the new sheriff after leaving office on January. So when he was replaced, he was supposed to do certain things, like give the stuff back, and he didn't do any of that. Hmm. So just another example of another cop with the power going straight to his head. 800-259-9231. You can share your bad cop stories or share a good cop story if you have one. Let's go to the phones There's in the meantime. There's lots of those. They're, they are out there. Uh, let's go to the phones in the meantime. Talk to Spooner in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live. Spooner. Yeah, hey. Um, hey, I know you guys are kind of pen and, pen and teller types on conspiracy things where you kind of don't get into that too much. But you read that article by uh, the author's name is Dan Hopsaker about the cocaine plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if you know, he's he's down in Venice, Florida, right down the road from where you guys used to uh, live. Oh, yeah, old Venice. Mm-hmm. Did you know that, that Mad Cow, uh, the guy, the author, is a researcher who's lived in Venice and Inglewood for the last four or five years? No, but that's an interesting piece of trivia. What's the relevance? I do well, know uh, that uh, most people's parents live in Sarasota, Florida, and their parents well, live no, in he, Venice. He went there to investigate the 9-11 uh, conspiracy or whatever you And just decided to stay? Say that again? And just decided to stay? He, he's been researching it for four years. Okay. And it's a great story. Just read the other articles on, the, on that website. It's fascinating stuff. I've, I'm particularly interested, not because of its... Uh, interesting conspiracy history or secret history, but I used to live in Venice myself for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's just the stories are... He's gone around and interviewed the people who interacted with these, the uh, the hijackers, Ada. He's videotaped people uh, the interviews with people who interacted with them, and they were involved in a clear drug smuggling type uh, government operation oh, at really? the Venice Airport. I, I haven't, right I haven't down, heard this a- angle before. I mean, we've heard all kinds of angles from the uh, 911 conspiracy theorists. Yeah. And now you're saying well, that the you hijackers are drug smugglers? Oh, just read his stories. It's fascinating. Don't have stuff. time for that. 
Uh, and, and I don't well, care about 9-11, so, you know, whatever. Well, well, hold on, hold on. I used to live right down the road from where, from where all these people that he interviewed uh, live. And um, it's, it was, Venice is sort of like Amina, Arkansas, where, uh, which was a big center of a lot of government-run drug smuggling that uh, interacts with all of the military-industrial complex and what they do in Latin America. For instance, Venice, the, Florida is... A hub was, for drug yeah, trafficking? Believe it or not, it's, well, I don't believe uh, it. Um, I've been to Venice, Florida many, many times, and it I might, it might be years. a hub for selling Buicks and Lincolns. <laughs> it might be a hub for marrying your sister. It is not, by any stretch of the imagination, a hub How for drugs. How would you know? Is you there, inspect the truck. Is the, there a the, port uh, in Venice? I, you know, I, I, you can tell me Bradenton's all about airport. drugs. Venice, I don't see it. Is there a port in Venice, Mark? I, I'm not aware of. Like a commercial you, you, port? It, no. There is no, one in Manatee no, no. County, which is just to Why the north. Why do you ask me? I lived there for five years. I'll so tell we you, lived uh, in Florida for our whole lives. I, what do you do? Went, I worked in Venice for years. You want to keep comparing body parts here? So what's the evidence? I mean, what is the evidence that Venice, Florida... He interviews people who interacted with the people... Like, right after 9-11, I don't know if you know, but Jeb Bush flew down in a big cargo plane, and they emptied out the files from this hangar where they say the hijackers trained, where the FBI says the hijackers trained. Do you know that? It was in all the papers, like World War II. It was in all the papers. I'm aware that they went down there and they did some investigation at the uh, Venice airport. All right. But I've been to that airport, too, and, uh, you know... You followed that trail. They lived in Venice for a year and a half themselves. Otto lived in, the FBI says they only lived there for like six months, but Obstaker, by interviewing all these people and, and showing all sorts so of evidence, are you alleging that they lived the, there for about two years. Are you alleging that Mohammed Atta was involved in smuggling drugs for the government or just on his own? Well, I don't, I don't know, but they were surrounded by people connected to the military-industrial drug smuggling complex. Now there's a military-industrial drug smuggling complex. It's well, read about it. It's just, it's 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 uh, not a secret, really. It's it's just read uh, Hopsicker's articles. He's interviewed a lot of people. It's really interesting stuff. I know All you right, like Penn and Teller on this stuff, so I'm not trying. I, I just thought you might be interested because you read an article from a guy who was right down the street from a lot of action that's fascinating. Princess Porter Goss from Santa Barbara. I've had enough. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. It just goes on and on and on. <laughs> Look, the article we read was very short. Very easy to digest, easy to understand. It suggested that there might have been some uh, something strange going on with this uh, mystery plane that crashed in the Yucatan with a current news story that just came out last week. But for me to sit there and delve through the archives it, of it the may allegations very well be about true. drug dealing. All this stuff may very well be true. The rabbit hole may lead straight to the lizard people who control the, the Freemasons. I don't know how deep the, the rabbit hole goes, but I can tell you that at some point... Yeah, like Americans don't want to hear about it anymore. I, I know I didn't want to hear about it anymore. And I can only imagine that other people didn't either. 800-259-9231. And, and, you know, and you're the program director of the show. You just, it's, it's your, you're the barometer of uh, what... There's no doubt that there's drugs in Venice, Florida. I mean, there are drugs in every city of America. Sure. To say that Venice, Florida is a hub for drug trafficking Seems is very absurd. unlikely to me. Absurd. I mean, in order to have a hub for drug trafficking, you need to have the ability for the drugs to be imported. And you would think that the, the city would be, the, the town, city, whatever Venice is, mm-hmm. would be rife with drugs. And I just didn't see well, that. Well, now that's not necessarily the case. If, it wouldn't if it's necessarily a, be. If, but it's a, if it's a hub for high-end drug dealing, then you're talking about thousands of pounds of marijuana and cocaine being moved into the area. 
that's not necessarily going to trickle down to street level there. That's where, if it's a hub, that's where all that stuff gets, you know, chopped up uh, into, uh, you know, smaller bricks and it's moved out and it's moved out to other areas of the country. Hubs are like Miami. Hubs are like, you know, the southern yeah. border, areas on the southern border, uh, the ports of the west coast. I mean, if you want to, to find a hub on the west coast of Florida, go to Manatee County. That's where you're going to find a, a, a hub. And I don't even know if it's, it's – that's probably a fraction of what goes on down in Miami uh, because Manatee actually has a port where commercial ships can come in there and dock and you know move product around. That's where that stuff's coming in from. It's not coming into the little teeny airport in Venice, Florida. Uh, whoever is uh, running drugs through Venice, Florida, you know, using it as a hub is an absolute genius because no one would suspect it in a million years. I'm not saying that there isn't drugs being run through there. I'm just saying it's not one of the hubs. I think that's an absurd allegation. 800-259-9231. But, hey, he lived there for five years, Mark. Well, yeah, I, I, I lived right there uh, near it for 35. There you go. You can bring up anything. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then head on over and shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link... Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Doesn't matter what you're buying. It could be a used item. It could be brand new. It could be from one of their 41 categories uh, that you're shopping in. Or it might not even be a physical product. You can get one of the uh, Amazon Unboxes, which is a movie that you download directly to your computer. We'll get a percentage on that, too. Hmm. Uh, so head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get your shopping done. You know, just a few more comments on the last call that we had from Spooner in Nevada, uh, calling in to respond to a story we did earlier about some allegations that uh, the plane that crashed in the Yucatan last week, I think it was last week, it was very recent, anyway, filled with cocaine, might have actually been owned by the CIA. And he pointed out, well, you should read more from this author. He's got all kinds of things on uh, CIA's involvement in drug running and uh, blah, 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 blah. Great. It's not that I disbelieve the concept. I do believe the idea that there are people in government that are involved in dealing drugs at all levels. Everything from the lowest level police officer to the highest upper echelon at the CIA. Believe it. I mean, And there is evidence out there. He's right about that. But it seems to me, Mark, that the conspiracy theorists out there, and we could tell he's a conspiracy theorist because he brought up 9-11. They can't help but bring up 9-11. It seems the conspiracy theorists out there, they're just not, they're not satisfied by proving their point quickly. Like the point about cops being corrupt can be proven quickly. Now, not all cops are corrupt. I'm not saying that. But we can point out all kinds of examples that are current day of corrupt cops. We just read five, at least five corrupt cop stories for you this hour. Everything from drug dealing to gun running, okay, as far as the police are concerned. And these are all current stories. They don't take a long time to explain. They don't take hours and hours of research to do. I get the corrupt cops story sent to me on a once-a-week basis. It pops up right in my email box. So it seems like the conspiracy theorists feel obligated to keep 
just falling over themselves to find more and more and still more information on all kinds of uh, outdated stories that no one's really paying that much attention to. Like, he would have had us go and spend, if we'd, if we'd taken his suggestions, it's, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, who who should we go read? Okay, we would have gone and we would have spent hours and hours of our time, Mark, looking up the history of CIA drug running and that sort of thing, or whatever it was that he was pointing us to. Is it really, really necessary? I mean... I understand from a uh, an like academic way, perspective. I like the way he approached it personally. I mean, you know, he he under he recognized and sort of stated that we don't, uh, you know, he he understood that we don't take much of a position as far as this conspiracy stuff. He he called it taking the Penn and Teller position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know, being compared to Penn and Teller is great. We're not funny, but that's fine. Um, whereas. I I don't know. It did it did seem to the the hole kept on getting deeper as we went, and that seems to be a hallmark of I don't know what for for lack of a better word um, the conspiracy theory uh, you know phenomenons all about. I don't know. Does it all lead back to Roswell? <laughs> I'm not sure, but it just seems like uh, they could be a whole lot more succinct with their points if they didn't get mired down in all this uh, conspiracy nonsense and the, the, just the incredible amount of research that they did. That's what their key word is for everything. Oh, you guys have to research this. Oh, you have to research this. No, I don't. I already know the cops are corrupt. I already here's There are new stories every week pointing that out. I already know the government is evil. I don't need to go and find out what temperature steel melts at to understand that the government is just bad. I mean, that seems to be what their ultimate message is, that, well, this government is evil and something needs to be done. Okay, I agree with you that far, but I don't have to go and do 500 hours of research on an event that happened six years ago, or in the case of the CIA drug smuggling, a lot of that information is a decade old, if not 15 or 20 years old. I don't have to go and do all of that research because there are news items coming out today that show that the police are corrupt. Do Do you see my point? So I, if, I do. If you want to make the point that the police are corrupt, don't go and ask people to spend hours of their time researching. Present them with a real-life story from today that proves that for you. Simple, short, easy. That's what people like. Most people, unlike the conspiracy people that apparently have nothing but free time to sit around and research things online or whatever, most people are busy. Your average American, you know... If they're listening to Free Talk Live, we're lucky if they listen to 15 minutes of it on the radio. Yeah, I mean, podcast listeners are entirely different, but you're you're correct. Right. That, um, you're th- that's what counts towards your cum is a, a person who actually listens to five minutes out of um, one average quarter hour. Fifteen. Cum is a, a radio term that how many people listen demarcates the total number of people listening. Cumulative. So, uh, so yeah, most people we want them to listen for a short amount of time. That's not enough time to go into this. Uh, <laughs> Treaty of uh, information, uh, historical. This isn't a history show. There are some good history shows out there. I believe Dan Carlin's Hardcore History is one of the better ones in the, the world of podcasting. So go and check that out. I'm not saying history isn't important. And we've certainly talked about historical issues on this show. But to get mired down in the same old, same old, when if you're talking about drugs, uh, the cops and dealing drugs, there's no need to go back into history for that, unless you're doing a show about the history of of the police's involvement in drug dealing, in which case you could do that for hours and hours. There's so much. There's so many corrupt cop stories as far as drug dealing is concerned. We could fill three hours if we wanted to. 
I've got more. If you want, I mean, we, can, we can keep doing more of these stories. <laughs> 800-259-9231. In the meantime, we'll talk to you about what you want. Anyway, just wanted to point that out. It seems like the conspiracy theorists do way too much work to prove their points. Anyway, let's talk to John in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. John, hey, California. Guys, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind? Um, I was just listening to uh, uh, yesterday's broadcast. and Oh, wait, wait. First off, I'd like to say congratulations, Mark. I'm glad to hear that you are pregnant. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I was listening in, and uh, some guy uh, sent you an email, Mark, that it was about uh, how their wife was, wasn't quite uh, on board with Ron Paul uh, and his campaign because of the issue of abortion and mm. whatnot. Right. And I had, a, I had the same experience, but a different uh, aspect. It was in regards to gay marriage. Uh, or you know, gay rights and whatnot. I was yeah. t- talking to somebody about Ron Paul, and they were like, "Well, well, what? I don't like his stance on." Well, they also were uh, on the uh, abortion issue, and as well as with the uh, gay marriage and gay rights and whatever. I, you know, went back and I said, "Hey, well, listen. He's not about you know a federal mandate on any of this. This is all to be depicted upon the states and whatnot." Mm-hmm. I just wanted to put that out there that you know that that that's the same type of issue and that it's irrelevant. How was you? How were you received when you pointed out that he isn't interested in getting the federal government involved in those issues? Well, you know, it was more or less like where it was just kind of like uh, overlooked. They were kind of stubborn-headed, and they were just like you know bullheaded for uh, oh, what is his name, Obama, 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 Obama. Right, uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and this is what's your you know you're going to have hard-headed um, Republicans just like you have hard-headed Democrats or liberals yeah. or whatever term you want to use. Um, you know, they they want people they want to shove government marriage down people's throat the way they want to shove it down their throat. They don't understand that the currently the way it is is um, you know, it's it's people using government marriage as a weapon against them and they want to use government marriage as a weapon against somebody else. You know, they're violent people just like the conservatives are the same people they hate they yeah. don't understand that they're acting just like them it, and and if you told them you, you'd have to you have to really go in deep to explain to them why that is so um so you know it's it, they're they're just partisan and there's not much you're going to do about that yeah exactly and i mean it just comes to that point where you're just like you know i can only do so much i'm going to try to you know point this person in, in the direction i feel is you know right but at, at, at a certain point you just kind of have to break off and be like, okay, let me let me talk to someone else instead. Absolutely. You just right. have to move on. You know, uh, yeah. today I was out, uh, I was doing a little bit of activism myself today. Um, I was out on the street with uh, the president of the Free State Project, Varen Swearingen. Did you organize this, Mark? Was this his idea? Uh, um, he said, what do you want to do as far as uh, activism for Ron Paul today? I got a little bit of time and I said, how about we go out to the street? I think that that's the most wow. effective thing. This has thing. to be a first. I don't think you've ever actually organized anything on your own. I, I wouldn't call that organizing it. Any, either way, I, would. I was out there... Um, you know, passing out information to people in the street, and I uh, met a gal who said that she just couldn't see herself, um, an older lady, uh, voting for a Republican. She liked Ron Paul. Um, he was preferable to all the other Republicans. She just couldn't see the uh, the set of circumstances that would put her in, you know, voting for a Republican. And I said, well, how about this? Wouldn't you prefer? To, you're probably most likely going to vote for whatever Democrat they kick out, Hillary. Um, you're going to vote for Edwards. You're going to vote for Obama. I didn't say Joseph Stalin as much as I wanted to. <laughs> um, and she's like, yeah, it doesn't. You know, you have your preference, but you'll vote for likely any of them that comes along. And she said, yeah. And I said, wouldn't you prefer to have that person running against Ron Paul rather than Giuliani, Romney? 
Thompson, any of these other um, Republicans that are running? She's like, yeah. I'm like, you then you should sign up for the Republican primary and uh, be undeclared. Good point, man. John, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. It's really important that you not spend too much time on the sticks in the mud. You know, find out how far they're stuck in. Give them a little bit of information to tantalize them out and then move on to the next stick. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 2 coming up. Northern California farmers are a bit concerned about this immigration crackdown. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. As we launch into hour number two of the program, it is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where the features are totally free. So enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. We're going to jump into the email box here in a moment. Uh, but first, wanted to welcome our brand newest affiliate. It's KCAA, 10.50 a.m. out in Loma Linda, California, which is just to the east of Los Angeles. Not quite the L.A. market, uh, but the market they are in, which is, is it... Uh, is it 26. Re- San Bernardino, I believe. Yeah, that's part San of the San Bernardino. Yeah. Uh, it's also uh, a, a fairly large market on its own, so we welcome our station out there. They've been... Uh, fairly large. It's darn large. Yeah, they've been testing uh, our show out for a few days, actually, for, I think for a couple of weeks at this point, and we finally got them to sign on the dotted line, and so, uh, so we're going to be on there every single weekday afternoon. Mark, we're drive time now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're afternoon drive. This is, the, this is the first time, I think, uh, weekday drive time, because uh, K- no. KSCO comes on at 6 p. At that's 6 drive time. Is that still drive time? It's it's drive time. Okay. You, you get off at uh, 5.30 in the afternoon and see if you're, uh, you know, and, and be in a major metro, see if you're going to be home okay. by 6 o'clock. Not so, going to happen. Well, yeah, but now we're in the 5 o'clock hour out in uh, California, and that's... That's hardcore drive time yeah, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, welcome on board, guys. Uh, visit us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you've been listening uh, for the past couple of weeks to KCAA, you know what we're all about. If you're, uh, if you're a new listener, then you're going to be in for something a little different. Yeah, something a lot different. Something shocking and uh, you know perhaps offensive at first. But give us a chance. Um, I, I'm not asking you. I'm saying for yourself. Give us a chance. We're consistent, if nothing else. We don't believe. We believe that the American people are capable of solving their own problems. That they don't need the government to step in on every little thing and solve all our problems. And uh, you'll start to understand after you've listened for long enough. It all makes sense, but just got to give it a little time. Anyway, and you can call in about whatever you want, too. That's sort of the uh, the gimmick with Free Talk Live. The phones are open. Uh, even if we're talking about, like we were last hour, uh, we were talking about corrupt cops. You don't have to call in about that. You can call in about whatever's on your mind. So take, a, uh, take advantage of that at 1-800-259-9231. So once again, welcome to uh, KCAA 1050 AM out in California. Uh, so, oh, and we've got a California story on the way about uh, fruit picking. About immigration and all that. But first, let's go into your email box, Mark, and talk about something over in Kentucky, a family problem. One of our listeners is having, I guess, a personal issue. Yeah, um, you know, that's one of the things we do here on Free Talk Live is we'll talk about personal issues. I don't know how valuable it is. It's just a couple of radio hosts giving their opinion. I mean, we're not... Our our advice is as good as anyone else's. Right. We're not licensed psychologists or... That again, neither is Dr. Laura. So here we go. <laughs> um, what is she a doctor of? I, I don't know, Isn't but it's my a... understanding. I looked at it one at one point, and um, it, it's not. 
uh, psychology, from what I understand. Now, is Dr. Joy Oh, absolutely. Right. Dr. Joy is eminently qualified. I love that show. I'm not saying I don't like the Dr. Laura show. I think it's great radio. Um, but, you know, Dr. Joy, definitely. Psychology. I can't. I just can't stand her personally. Who's I that? I don't like her. Dr. Laura. I just don't like her. You just don't, you, she's just a little, a little too tough for she's you. Harsh. She's harsh. Uh, she is harsh. She's grating. She's uh, she comes from the point of view of you know a very harsh point of view. You know you do things right in life and good things will happen. You do things wrong and you stink. Well, I agree with that. <laughs> well, that's how she feels too. I like to think I'm doing things right, but I don't think she would agree with that. No, she would not. Right. All right. All right. This is so to the email from Josh. Um, here's the situation. My cousin has two kids, two year old and one year old. Basically. She's a drug addict and an unfit mother. Oh boy. She'd rather whore around town than put food on her ki- in her kids' mouths. Her mom, my aunt, has been trying her darndest to take care of them for the past year and a half. She has a steady, steady job, a nice apartment. Um, besides, besides the stress of her job and raising kids, she's fit to be a parent. A few days ago, when my aunt was coming into her apartment carrying the baby and a bunch of groceries, the baby fell out of her arm and broke oh. its arm on the floor. When the rest of the family found out about it. You know, I have it. to say, uh, I'm always myself tempted to take too much stuff in. You know, you want to load up your arms because you don't want to make too many trips back to yeah. the car. But when you're talking about a kid. Yeah, when you've got a baby, should, yeah, maybe two trips would be better. Yeah, if you drop the eggs, no big deal. But uh, if you're dealing with a kid, go ahead and make a separate trip for the kid. Yeah, that's, well, that's good advice. But uh, the, the no, no sense crying over broken baby arms, right? When the rest of the family found out about it, my other cousin, that's my aunt's sister's daughter. I'm sorry, it yeah, doesn't I'm matter at this point. <laughs> Let's say it's the other cousin. Right. Took it upon herself to call Child Protective Services and report my aunt because she thinks that my aunt lied about the broken arm and that my cousin, this is the... The, the, uh, the drug addict. The drug addict cousin, right. was the one who did it and my aunt was covering up for her. Oh. So it's speculation on the part of the... You know, nosy cousin, let's say. Right. Busybody. Nosy cousin, drug addict cousin. She has no proof of this whatsoever. Instead, she's using... Um, of she using, just doesn't like the other cousin. Right. Inst- well, yeah, who knows? What, what She's coming to a speculation. I can see what her speculation's about. You know, I, I guess well, everybody she obviously doesn't her. like. Obviously, she doesn't like the other cousin and the aunt because otherwise she... Maybe she didn't know what the consequences would be of calling Child Protective Services. Maybe she'd never heard of what those people do. But uh, if you have any idea about what Child Protective Services or the Department of Children and Families or whatever it's called in your state, if you've ever encountered any stories about those people, you know they come in and ruin lives. They do. So that's why you call those people is to ruin somebody's life. She has uh, no proof of, of this whatsoever. Instead, she's of uh, using uh, voluntary means to get to the bottom of the situation. She decided to use the force of the state. She didn't bother calling my aunt beforehand and asking what really happened. She didn't call anyone. That would have helped. I mean, it, that's it, it's a, nice a good first idea. Step. Yeah. Before you call the law, you should talk to the person that you have a problem with. Absolutely. Whether um, it's your family member or the guy across the street playing the music too loud. It is. It's, it's the best way to do it. Um, she, she didn't, uh, let's see. She didn't call everyone together for an intervention. She just blindly called CPS and then called my aunt confessing what she did. And she said she did it because it was a Christian duty. Oh, my. Um, is that in the Bible? Call right, CPS I, if you don't like the, yeah, the Jesus. Is that the, the, is that the 11th commandment? I, yeah. No. Um, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I must say that what the woman, what the uh, the nosy cousin did was very foolish. Um, you know, she's she's hurt. She's going to hurt people with the CPS thing, um, right? The Child Protective Services thing. But mm, I understand why she did it. I but and maybe she just didn't know how awful Child Protective Services is. I don't know. Yeah. Go on. 
This is such a mess. Everyone's blaming everybody else, and my cousin, the one that called the nosy cousin, is probably sitting in the house with a grin on her face. Now, this is here. You're, uh, tr- uh, you know, transposing emotions onto your cousin. No, no, you don't have any idea what she's thinking. This confirms everything that I've ever thought about her. She's a power-hungry b-word, and probably got off when she was dialing the CPS number, and then to hide behind the the gosh darn shield that it's uh, her Christian duty. You got, mm. you guys know as well as I do that when it comes to the CPS. You're guilty until proven innocent. True. Um, they come in, take your kids, and then you've got to try to get them back. Right. This is what. Uh, this is a story you're selling yourself about what your, the cousin's doing, why the cousin did it, and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. The cousin called CPS. Nosy cousin called CPS. Okay. She may have called it um, called them because she's an evil witch over a cauldron cackling to <laughs> herself. She may have called because she thought it was the best thing to do. Just deal with what she did. Not what you think she is or how, you know. Well, he knows better than you do. I mean, he's the cousin. You can't know. People do not know. People will, uh, everybody, myself included, will go ahead and, and, and apply all kinds of feelings to people that, um, you know, they, that are close to I'm not to saying them. he knows how she feels. I'm just saying he knows how she is. If she's a, a witch, then he would know it. I, That's all. I, I, I don't know. Stop telling yourself stories about people and then... You know, they'll. You've got to stop be, being a witch. You've got to be what it takes to make her stop being a witch. You remember the? Mm. Remember how I told you you're completely responsible for everything that happens in the world. You're responsible for her being a witch, Ian. Excuse me. Yes, you are. I don't. You know if can I agree. be what it takes to make this uh, cousin. I don't even know not. this woman. But, Take responsibility for it. What are you talking about? How can I take responsibility for somebody I don't even know? That perhaps this is an advanced lesson for you. All right. I guess so. Let me go on. I'll take responsibility for my own actions. Um, And your actions do have effects on other people. All um, only when uh, all voluntary means should uh, have been exhausted should you use force. My cousin didn't do that, and I hope she burns in hell for it. (laughs) (laughs) Please help me so that I can give advice to my aunt. I don't want my little cousins becoming wards of the state. My friend Lee is um, currently a ward of the state, and he's been in their custody for a year, and it's nearly destroyed his mind. I love them, and I don't want them to have to go through that kind of torture for the rest of their lives. What can you do? They're already in their custody. I don't know that they're necessarily in custody at this point. You call CPS, they usually get taken into custody. The kids usually get taken from the household. I mean, we don't know from his email. Yeah, there's not much you can. Yeah, there's not much you can do. But uh, we'll we'll address it more on the way here, and and take your calls as well. Maybe you've had experience dealing with CPS or your local variant of whatever it is. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231, inviting you to our website, where we've got all kinds of neat stuff, including the updates. You get on the list, we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. And you can get on that list by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That is updates.freetalklive.com. Are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? Well, D2Z.org proposes that day is near. Go to D2Z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. D2Z.org. 
So you just finished reading an email from a listener of ours in Kentucky mm-hmm. who is having a bit of a, I don't know, an inter-family war going on, apparently. Uh, one of family his, feud. One of his Kentucky. cousins, uh, she's kind of a shiftless loser, and she's not really taking care of her kids too well. Her mother was taking care of the kids for her, accidentally dropped one of the kids, apparently, while bringing in some groceries. and Broke the baby's arm. The other cousin, the daughter of this lady... Uh, came in and said, I'm calling CPS. She called in Child Protective Services, the government agency, and presumably they came and stole the kids uh, from this lady under, under the auspices of keeping them safe. Uh, or, uh, there's more than one kid involved here. She just happened to drop one of them. Right. What I understand. Only one child was dropped. Right. Um, and so they took all of the kids, and now they've got them, and our emailer is wondering what he can do about this. He cares about the kids. He doesn't want to see them in the hands of the state. Um, he's asking what he can do. I happen to know this guy is like 18 years old, and he doesn't have a job, so it's not like he can step up and say, hey, I'm ready to take these kids, or I'm responsible. And he's not qualified compared to this aunt, likely. No. No. So there's no way that he personally can step in and, and somehow fight this uh, fight this battle for them. I think all he can really do at this point, I mean, if they're in the custody of the state, they're at the whim of the state, the state's in control of the situation, they have to beg, they have to fight in court to get the kids back, or whatever the process is like, and I'm sure it's a nightmare. And if you've got a, a nightmare CPS story, you can share it with us at 800-259-9231. But all he can really do, from what I can tell, is continue to be there for uh, his aunt, the the woman who had the uh, the kids taken from them or from her is is be there for her and and tell her that he supports her and ask how ask her maybe just come right out and say you know what can I do to help and if there's anything that he can do then she would be the best person to uh, to talk to certainly not you or I uh, because we don't really know what the situation is like well, we don't know what's necessary that um, CPS hasn't um, been uh, hasn't been in contact yet, and he's trying to find They've out. They've been called, but they haven't shown up to take the kids? Yeah, yeah. Maybe she's bluffing. Is there a chance that the woman is bluffing and she hasn't the, actually... The nosy cousin is bluffing? Right. Could be. Because, I mean, I know it's the government bureaucracy, and they don't exactly respond too quickly generally, but then again, we've also heard stories... Well, then about... my recommendation, if um, if if, there, if she was bluffing, would be to have, um, in, in Josh's case, since he's a, a young man, he should have his parent, mother call... Um, the, uh, the the nosy cousin and say, hey, you know, CPS is not going to solve this problem here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe, you know, maybe one of the other family members can uh, take the kids for a little while till things blow over. Not a bad idea. 800-259-9231. Do you have a suggestion for Josh as to what you think he should do? Or what would you do if you were in his situation? Or... Also, what's your story? I mean, if you've had kids and you've been reported to the government... How did that ruin your life? How did that mess things up? Or was it a good thing for you? I, I've never heard a positive CPS story. Imagine there's some out there, but I've never heard them. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones and to the fun. Talk to Angel, calling from Riverside, listening on KCAA. Hello, Angel. I hate kids. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to the Inland Empire on a regular basis. Yeah, so they call it. Why is it called the Inland Empire? Oh, because we're 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 just a big, huge empire out here. Um, it used to be uh, mostly desert out here. Right. While we're still in the desert, I guess. But there was nothing here before, just not too long ago, really. And um, well, besides San Bernardino, actually was uh, one of the biggest cities in the nation um, several several years ago. But um, well, I don't know why they call it the empire. Maybe it just sounds cool. I think is it, it, it is cool. Now mm. I don't know much about California. I've only been there once in my life. But oh uh, man, that's that's a tragedy. We'll, we'll be going back probably about another year and a half. But uh, 
I'm curious, is Riverside, is that part of Los Angeles at all, or is it sort of no. the outskirts? It is on the outskirts. It's uh, 50 miles due east on Interstate 60. It's a straight shot um, from L.A. Mm-hmm. to Riverside. So uh, so it's sort of, is Riverside sort of to L.A. as North New Jersey is to New York City? Is that sort of the same? Uh, well, I would say kind of like that, yeah. yeah. But Riverside is growing, and the San Bernardino, this whole, the whole Inland Empire is growing so fast. You guys really got in at a great time. Um, well, good. And, and, you're, and you're on drive time. That's yeah, awesome. we sure are, and we're pretty excited about it too. The uh, the station owners over there at KCAA had put us on uh, another one of their stations, KTAE, out in Texas. Right, and, I was catching you there for a while. And uh, they, you know, they liked the show so much, they figured, hey, we've got this station out here, and uh, you know, that it's it, there's a lot of uh, shows apparently that buy are buying airtime on that station. It's one of those kind of mm. brokerage slash yeah, they're, broker, they, they're sort of brokered slash non brokered, and so they're trying to move in a, in a more non brokered direction, as I understand it, and they're hoping that Free Talk Live will be a part of that and sort of anchor their afternoons. Well, so it's really a great professional it. show. I mean, um, if it was... Well, we've got you fooled. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, something about drive time real quick, if sure. you got a sec. Yeah. Um, do you know the sorest part of the freeways out here? The nope. sorest? The, the worst part? The sorest part, part no, of the freeways. I don't know. Oh, it's the carpool tunnel. Carpool tunnel. Carpool tunnel. That's Car- the, carpool tunnel. Please explain. I don't understand. It's a joke, like uh, you know, carpool tunnel. Your hands mm-hmm. and, and yeah. So it's uh, carpool so, lane. Oh, oh. I'll go hang myself now. Well, so we are still so totally in the dark. That the carpool lane is somehow um, it, misused. It, it, it's a homemade joke, you know. It's like, yeah, <laughs> not going. Like are the you sure? Part <laughs> and, Do you know. actually get carpool tunnel from driving? I thought that was a no. keyboard thing. <laughs> I got to go out there sometime. You guys sound like just. Uh, never mind. Bunch of country bumpkins. <laughs> Bunch of hicks. What the hell do we know? Uh, no, hey, you know what? I had a bet with somebody one time. I said, okay, there you guys are going to talk about pot within the first 15 minutes of this show. <laughs> you know, it's a fair bet. Too. It's a fair bet. Uh, we do uh, talk about the uh, the drug war quite a bit on this program. And, and really, it's because it's one of my pet issues. Uh, I, oh. Yeah, I, one I'm of just, his pet issues. I'm just so outraged by the war on drugs. I've, I've had friends who've had their lives uh, destroyed by the government in, in that particular case uh, for, for just little things like marijuana possession and that's terrible just, yeah it just right. needs to end. In, I mean, in las vegas that's one of the, bust you big time too that's one of the areas where you guys are sort of leading uh leading out in california is uh the california people get it when it comes to marijuana uh, at least the people in california the federal agents haven't quite gotten it because uh, right. they continue to raid the marijuana clinics out and there i don't understand that they're using local police to uh, enforce a uh, federal law. Are when, they? I when thought the that state law was already passed. You I... mean that your civil servants aren't actually serving you? <laughs> they aren't actually following the laws of the uh, that the voters have put in place. And now their... wait a minute. A point of clarification, because we've had other calls from California, uh, from some of our internet internet listeners that have told us that apparently the local police are not as complicit anymore as they used to be. In many cases, the local police aren't doing anything, and it's really just the feds that are that are uh, that are effing around mm. out there, if you will. Well, no, the local police, the L.A. police, are the ones um, doing these raids that. They, I don't and I don't know what their issue is, but they started raiding all the the medical the medical marijuana really? uh, facilities. Are they arresting anyone? 
Yes, they're arresting people. Because the feds were coming in, and they were doing raids, but they weren't arresting anybody. So the DEA was coming into these facilities, and maybe maybe this is just L.A. Maybe it's just the L.A. cops that you're talking about, because in other areas, DEA that's going in, taking people's pot, taking their money, mm-hmm. and then walking away and coming back several months later and doing it all over again. Angel, thanks right. for the call, dude. We appreciate it. I'm sure we'll hear from you again. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. And uh, don't forget uh, to, again, uh, the, the the wiki is there with over 1,400 pages, so that's just one of the many features. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. Going, uh, going right back into the phone calls here. Talk to Jeremy in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, hey what's, going tonight? what's on you your mind, okay? Jeremy? We got you. What's on your mind? Oh, I was just thinking about, you know, y'all showing the Rainbow Family again and about how they keep marching on and everything, but I was at RainbowFamily.com. You can hook up with a lot of cool people, too, that are on the same type of march, man. You know, so well, I mean, I I don't know the Rainbow Family. I've never actually been to one of their gatherings before, but I find what they do absolutely fascinating. And we've interviewed, uh, gosh, I don't remember the lady's name, but we had a Rainbow Family uh, chick call in one night, and we spent an hour just talking to her about, you know, what the Rainbow Family does, and uh, you know what it's like to go out there, and basically, just in a nutshell. Uh, the Rainbow Family is this group of people, in case you don't know, they, they essentially travel around the country uh, going from essentially state parks, I believe. Uh, they go, to, they go from, from park Forest. to park, state forests, and they basically go out in the middle of nowhere, and they set up camp, and they hang out. Isn't it usually for a couple weeks at a time? Yeah, usually, but there's one that goes on down in Ocala National Forest in Florida. It kind of goes on all winter. I mean... Kind of for all the kids that've been on the road all year, or whatever, and they kind of go down to Florida and hang out around on Cali and go to Daytona and do this or that. So they winter in Florida just like everybody else does, right? Now yeah, the, the rainbow. The Rainbow Family seems to be made up of a variety of different people, from uh, old hippies from back in the you know the 60s and the 70s to uh, I guess what we described as young hippies uh, of today. And uh, would you describe the, the the crowd that way, or would you use different terms? Well, I, I would say that they were just a peaceful type of people that wanted to be left alone, basically, and be able to ramble the country like whatever they want to do. You know, the reason anybody ever knows, anybody ever hears about the Rainbow Family is because there are instances where they aren't left alone. In fact, it seems like the uh, the, the cops, the federal cops or the, the state forest cops, they, they seem to have a real 
I don't know, hard on to go after these people. They don't like it when people are out there having fun in the forest and they want to come by and, and, and ruin the party and, and rain on their parade and stop them from having a good time. When one of the uh, the parameters, I mean, you would think to yourself, okay, well, what if they're trashing the place? Well, if they're trashing the place, then they're, they're, then you have a real issue. But one of the rules of the Rainbow family is they have to leave the uh, their area that they, they went to camp in cleaner than when they arrived. So, I mean, these are people that are very concerned about the environment. They're very concerned about about littering and that sort of thing and there's in fact a whole crew that stays after everyone has left to ensure that everything's been picked up uh so really it's there's really no excuse for them being harassed except for the fact that the cops are just mean well that's one of the reasons i uh, suggested ocala is that you know someone from especially your neck of the woods wants to go check out i mean it's definitely a very fun thing to do and uh and warm good people you know, and, uh, that's like two miles in. I mean, they go miles into the forest, do they not? It's not like it's right out by a parking lot. This is a uh, this is a this is an expedition. Well, one of the good spots to go is a uh, big moon or half moon over by Silver Springs, or you can go to Buck Lake, which is closer to Ocala. I have no idea where Silver Springs is. Oh, it's Buck in Florida. Lake, Silver Moon. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like fun. I don't have time for that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't understand. That's one thing I don't get. And Jeremy, thanks for the call. Uh, the one thing I don't get about the, uh, the the Rainbow family is these people must have a lot of free time on their hands. Well, I get the impression that uh, worldly, you know, who needs material things anyway, man? Like, worldly goods probably aren't their uh, big thing. I guess. I, I, but you still got to go out and work. I mean, you have to be able to afford to travel around the country and hang out. Not if you bum a ride with somebody else. I guess, and they do provide. There are a lot. There are groups like the Quakers, I think, that go there and they provide food for free for people. So I suppose you could sort of eat that food, and I guess it's a very minimal amount of expenditure. You are camping in the forest, so very interesting. And you know, <laughs> there's to each his own. It just goes to show how wonderfully wealthy we truly are in this in this country, doesn't it? it I mean, the it, idea that people are so wealthy today that they don't really have to work very right, they hard. They can essentially support somebody else who doesn't want to, you know, I mean, like, by, by the feeding and that kind of thing. Uh, they do work. They they prepare their, their food and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, but they put up tents and they go out and they... Uh, they eat. don't have a job. Exactly. It's interesting. It's a fascinating culture, and it's certainly one worth looking into. It's just out, just out of curiosity, if, if nothing else. 800-259-9231. Uh, again, my favorite... The favorite... My favorite thing I've ever encountered about the Rainbow People is when they, when they take on the cops... When the cops try to stop them from doing something, and uh-huh. th- there's always more rainbow people than there are cops, and so that's generally how it goes. Yeah, right. But the rainbow people aren't—they don't really stand down to the cops. They just—they do what they want. But and, they tell them they love them and stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really—it's really fun to watch. Anyway, you can find that at YouTube. Let's go. Uh, let's see to the email box from Phil. He says, "Hey, about a year ago, I decided to take a hard look at religion and my personal religion specifically." I was raised in an evangelical home and never really considered it to be a problem. After high school, I started to look into the merits of religion and found little. I did find a lot of hate and death. I slowly moved over to the side that demands evidence for beliefs. When I was still living at home out of respect for my parents, I never complained about going to church every Sunday. I really do love my parents and I think the world of them. So how do I tell them that I think there is no God? 
Oh, I don't know that I would necessarily go treading on that uh, ground. I'm with you. I, I wouldn't. I don't think it's a good idea. Uh, but let's go on with his email. We'll okay. address that. He says, right now I'm a senior at Western Illinois University, and my parents are paying for my tuition and housing, and I'll graduate <laughs> in the spring. Even better reason not to tell them. So he says, I don't really want to rock the boat. Should I wait until I'm free from them financially, or do I owe it to them to be completely honest right now? To be fair to them, when I told them I was an anarchist who thought any form of government was immoral, they were fine, even though they're both proud conservatives. And when I mentioned wanting to join the Free State Project, they were also very supportive. Wow. Any thoughts? I would say I concur with Mark. I think that uh, this is an unnecessary conversation. You may feel like you really want to get this off your chest, but really, right. they're it's, not going to change it's their It's your minds. feeling. Um, you know, they didn't give you the money to go to college uh, as long as you believe in Jesus? They didn't do that. They uh, they might take it away. <laughs> they could. And I just don't, I don't think there's any reason to rub people's nose in it. For one, um, you like for, they're not going to change their opinions likely no matter what. They're 40, 50 years mm-hmm. old. They've been uh, evangelical Christians all their life. Whatever a magic piece of evidence that came up for you is not going to come up for them likely. Um Logic, rationale, whatever. It's just it's not going to happen. So essentially, they're going to you're going to say, "Mom, Dad, I'm an atheist." They're going to say, "Are are you kidding? Why?" And you're going to say, "Well, here's the litany of reasons: this logical reason, this logical reason, this logical reason, this one." And And all they'll be thinking about the whole time is how they can save you. Right. That's you know, to a Christian, a person who really, really believes evangelical. Right. That's that's the terminology that that he used. I'm just it draws a picture up in my mind. I'm assuming he's using that term to draw that picture up in my mind. This is the most important thing on planet Earth Mm -hmm. is surviving the experience and not going to hell. So you're the most important person on planet Earth to them. To them, I wouldn't go. It would horrify them. It, yeah. it would horrify them to think that their son, their love, loving son, is uh, going to go and burn in all eternity near Satan and his minions or whatever nonsense they believe. So, really, you're on the cusp of your adulthood. You're on the cusp of your freedom from, from school, from the education system, from your parents' clutches. Uh, at this point, really, as soon as you get out of college... If you're going to move to New Hampshire, you're going to be miles away from your parents. It's really going to be irrelevant at that point what they decide to do with their Sunday mornings. Uh, so I say completely leave, leave it alone. You're not, you're not trying to convert them, are you? Right. I mean, I mean, now you're an evangelical atheist? No. Yeah, doesn't make sense. No. Uh, now, there are atheists that are out there like that, and I don't think that's the right way to be at all. I, I don't think, think it, it proves anything. Right. I mean, what, what, what are you, a Christian's trying to save your soul. What's an atheist trying to save? Yeah, keep it to yourself. And talk about liberty. That makes That's worth talking about. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. If you've got advice for Phil, the newfound atheist, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's on the site for free. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go to amp.freetalklive.com. And now, the AMP program stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is a simple one. If you want to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations across the country, then help us out. Send us three bucks a month. It's a a totally voluntary option, and you do get some perks, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, and forum. All the details on that are at amp.freetalklive.com. And Mark, you pointed something out during the break that I thought was important to bring up. Since we're talking about AMP, 
we had a guy call in a couple weeks ago, and he was a radio listener who was talking about sending the show some money uh, through the AMP program. And I said on the air at the time, well, you know, you're a radio listener. You don't really have to do, uh, you don't really have to do AMP because you're paying for the show by listening to the commercials. And it's true. I mean, radio listeners are paying for the show by listening to their local station's commercials during the breaks. But at the same time, you pointed out, Mark, that uh, one of the things we mentioned during our radio commercials about the AMP program is that eventually, if we get enough amplifiers on board, we will be able to reduce the radio commercial time. If we want nothing more than that. Right. So, so there is a, a reason there for radio listeners to consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. It's a long-term goal, but we will get there eventually. We're a good third, we're almost a third of the way to our goal. At this point, and when we're halfway, we plan on reducing uh, some commercial time, and when we're all the way, we're definitely going to be reducing some commercial time. So um, it's not going to cut out the breaks, commercial breaks entirely, but it'll be a little bit here and there, and a little better than nothing, right? So amp.freetalklive.com will get you on board with that. By the way, just another comment on the email that we just read from a, a, a younger listener. He's in college. He's about to graduate in the springtime was raised in an evangelical Christian home. Mom and dad go to church a lot, you know, as the evangelicals do. And he has felt obligated, because he's an atheist now, apparently, um, he has felt obligated to continue going to church with his parents because he's living with them. And that makes sense. You know, you're under their roof. You should follow their rules. That's what you're paying. For. You're paying your rent by going to church with mom and dad. But he's concerned that, you know, he feels like he's obligated to uh, to be upfront with them about his belief system. And while I understand where he's coming from, because when I was 16 and I became an atheist at that time, I really wanted to out myself in front of my parents, too. I really wanted to, you know, show them what I was all about at 16, uh, my new belief system or lack thereof or however you want to view it. But my parents weren't evangelical Christians. They were just sort of fair weather Christians. You know, they'd go to church I don't know, once every three weeks or maybe once every other week. It wasn't anything hardcore or anything like that. We didn't have, my mom never had any Jesus plaques up on the wall, nothing, no Bible verses in the bathroom, none of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's probably a completely different at-home situation. And my parents were very supportive of me. But I don't think that that, uh, that the emailer in this case should rock the boat. I, I really don't think he should. And for the number one, I think the number one reason might be, and you touched on this, Mark, that, you know, uh, Religion is very important to these people's lives. They're evangelical Christians. This is one of the, the the most important things going on in their life. I mean, their whole life is devoted to getting out of this life and, and moving on. So they would feel as though they failed, I think. I think that if you came out to them and said, Mom, Dad, I just felt like I had to be honest with you. I'm an atheist. Right. They probably will take that far, I don't know, far more personally than you might imagine. It, to me, it would seem like if it were my goal in life as a parent, if it were my goal to bring my child up as I was brought up and bring my child up to believe the same things that I believe about religion and God and all that, and if he completely rejected that, I mean, and that's a total rejection. I mean, it's not like you're just shifting gears and going Catholic or Baptist or anything. You're completely rejecting the whole concept of a, a higher power. Or uh, this deity, this singular uh, singular deity, the fact that you're rejecting that just says that they've wasted their time on you, that they've failed with you, that you know your your hell spawn at this point. I mean, I just feel like they could really take that harsh, really harsh. It's in in the to the to a person that, that takes Christianity very seriously, that believes in this very strongly. It is the worst thing that could happen to one of their loved ones. They could be, uh, you know, their loved one could be kidnapped by. Uh, 
the mafia. They could, um, you know, die horribly. Anything. They could be a drug dealer. They, mm-hmm. you know, any kind. They could be a mass murderer. They could be Jeffrey Dahmer and eat people. And as long as they're saved, they're going to live forever in heaven. If you're a Baptist, you just have to, you know, do it the one time and you're saved forever. Um, That's sweet. Yeah, they got a good gig, the Baptists. <laughs> um, but so, you know, I, don't do that. Just leave them. it alone. Yeah. Love your thoughts, though, on this one. What would you do if you were in his position? Would you come out to your parents? Would you keep it quiet? And I can understand that he would feel guilty about it because, you know, they are sending him to college. And they sound like and, good people. And I'm sure they're nice folks. Uh, but really, you'd go, you're going to feel worse if you alienate your relationship with them. If uh, if you could have had a good relationship with them throughout the rest of your life simply by not bringing up religion versus not versus just ruining all that versus setting your relationship on fire with this whole coming out as an atheist thing, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. So go on, move on with your life, and if down the line, after a few years have passed, if down the line you're on the phone and mom asks you if you've been to church recently, well, you know, you don't want to lie to them necessarily. No, I wouldn't lie about going to church, and, and I, I, I still wouldn't. You could just say, I've been doing personal study, or something like that. Yeah, I still you know? wouldn't bring Introspection, it whatever. Uh, just leave them alone, let them, let them feel them. like they've been a, you know, been a success with you, and let them feel like however it is they want to feel. Because you don't need to rain on their parade. 800-259-9231 to the phones to Eddie in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Eddie. Yeah, hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, we talked yesterday about abortion. No good. And uh, uh, foster children. And you asked me if I had any foster children. And Actually, I said adopted. But foster's good. Or adopted. Okay, fa- no, foster's foster. Foster's great. Oh, okay, yeah, because you adopt foster children. Well, foster killed children aren't foster children children that aren't wanted by their parents. Uh, foster children, you, say, you know, in, in some way or another, they're wards of the state. Yeah. Well, when you asked me that yesterday about have you adopted any children, what I was assuming foster children, so it might kind of blow my little story behind, but I still think it's good in Foster's a way. good. I, I would consider foster, uh, it, it, it fits in the same category as adopting. Yeah, you asked me, and the reason why I said that was because we were talking about abortion, too, and if you don't abort your kid, then they usually end up in foster care because nobody wants them. Sometimes. So might, what what... I didn't get to finish my answer because I don't know why. I just kind of forgot about it. All right, so go and, now. Uh, this is my answer, which I wish I would have said last night when you asked me if I had any adopted children. All right, we'll give you a mulligan. Go. <laughs> and I, well, I took it as foster. I, I, this is what I say to you. I would rather be an unwanted child in a foster home than a, than a carcass in the garbage can of an abortion clinic. Well, you know, very emotional, Eddie. It, yeah, I don't know I if I agree with too. that necessarily. For well, one, you're, you you don't know anything about anything when you've been when you're dead. You're just dead, and it it seems to me it seems to me that uh, people that uh, um, that are big on this abortion to. issue, Eddie, they they you know they get out there and trumpet. Usually, it's guys, not women. For some reason, it's the guys that uh, you know wave the flag the highest on abortion. And they aren't willing to do what it takes to, um, you know, clean up the abortion mess. They'll say, yeah, stop that and all that other stuff. But, you know, there's there's kids out there that need love. And, you know, you're making sure that there's going to be more kids out there born to people that don't want them. Yeah, but like I say, I would rather be an unwanted child okay. than a uh, You're repeating yourself at this point. Who, yes. who are these four people? I, I have four names for you. Are you there? Four names? We're here. Okay. Alonzo Mourning. I don't know who that is. James Dean, okay. John Lennon, and Cher. What do they all have in common? They contributed almost nothing to the world. Well, <laughs> they have lots of money, but they were all foster children. 
Congratulations. Because you may be an unwanted child doesn't mean you can't be successful in life. Right. I, I understand that the foster system, plenty of, you know, there's plenty of people that have managed to uh, make it big and make, you know, do well for themselves in life. Um, but they, uh, you know, so what? Well, at least give them the chance. Don't you want to give people a chance instead of just killing no, them? No, I want kids to be brought up by parents that actually are interested in raising them. I think that those are the kids with the best chance. Thanks for the call, yes, Eddie. 800-259-9231. Look, you know, there there may be some good foster parents out there, but there's a whole lot of bad ones, too. There are a lot of foster parents out there that abuse their kids, that lock them in closets. That are only so doing they, it for the money. And right, they, they just may, want to collect that check. I don't know. I don't want a kid I to would, grow up in that home. I would say home. largely that the people, by and large, you're talking about the, uh, the 1% there that are rotten people, um, that most people that are doing foster are not, um, foster care are not doing it for the money, that they're doing it because they love children and all that other good stuff. It doesn't change the fact that the people that are, you know, blab the most about abortion aren't doing anything to solve the problem. They're running their yacker and they're not doing the work. In that Eddie does not have his own kids and he's adopted. Right. Yeah, right. Well, not, not just Eddie, but everybody out there that's, that's so high and mighty on this particular abortion issue. Right. I am not, I believe abortion's wrong, but I'm not willing to outlaw it, right, simply I because think, I know what the results are going to be. I think that uh, the, you know a lot of the people that are having abortions are doing it because it's just not the right time in their life. For whatever reason, they don't think it's the right time, or they're not the right person to take care of those kids, and there's way too many kids in the adoption system right now waiting for loving homes, and you want to add to that? You want to add to the amount of kids that are sitting around just sort of wasting away their lives in the system? seems like an awful thing to say. Hour 3 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Go into the phone calls. Talk to Tom in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Tom. Hello? Hey, Tom. What's on your mind? Oh, I was just wondering, you remember that time travel video that I um, I talked about that I saw on YouTube from the Discovery Channel, whatever, remember? I don't yes. remember, but uh, maybe you could recap it for anybody else that doesn't remember. Yeah. Well, oh, you know the one where I said um, you could make, theoretically make a time machine that if you turn on and leave on for a certain amount of time, you could go back in time as far as to the point where you turned it on, remember? Oh, uh, yes, that's right. I do recall that. Yeah, I I just sent you I just um sent you you and Mark the link on your Facebook accounts. Did you ever receive them? Just curious. I barely even check those that Facebook account kind of thing. It's just there really for for me for marketing the show. If if people want to be you know my my little yeah. internet buddy, they the, can. The only thing I do with Facebook is I click confirm on new friends. That's the, all I do. Best thing to get a hold of uh, us is send emails. Oh well, I sent it because I, I just looked at it again because and I found. And uh, at the beginning, I remembered something that I should have mentioned before, but I've forgotten. Uh, they said that it was theoretically possible to travel faster than the speed of light because um, there was a guy that, that um, basically um, demonstrated by putting a spoon in his coffee and then twirling it around. And then when he got the spoon out, of course, the coffee twirls like a whirlpool, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And then he puts a coffee bean inside it, and the coffee bean is carried by the whirlpool in a circle. So what he's saying is the, cof- the coffee could be space. 
So if you move space, then you could be carried with space. Uh, so you can theoretically go faster than light. Hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, it's an interesting example, um, and there have been actual scientific experiments that are also alleging similar things, that uh, that it is possible to travel faster than the speed of light. So, interesting nonetheless. Thank you for the call. We appreciate whoa, whoa, whoa. it from you. Wait. Hmm? Hello? Hey, what's what now? Oh, am I, am I over yet? It is... You're well, getting there. What was your point? You said whoa, <laughs> so I'm I'm holding you on. What's your point? Oh, I'm sorry. I want to talk about mainly something else. That was just like the beginning. When I, I heard something on the news about um, two murderers on death row who were um, convicted um, for raping and murdering brutally two teenagers in the early 90s. Did you hear about this? I, I'm sure it's happened. I have no idea who um, about it? Who you're talking well, about. Well, there's a specific case. Uh, this is about international law. Well, because they were illegal aliens, and uh, they did not understand something, apparently, in the trial, which, um, and therefore um, the, the con- Mexico, as in the country, is saying that it's not fair, that they should get another trial. And because of that, they sued America, in the International Court of Justice, which I had no idea that I had no idea you could do that. I had no idea a country could sue another country. Hmm. And um, President Bush is oddly, because he's the death penalty king, he is actually supporting um, the international ruling, which agreed with Mexico that they should get a new trial. Uh, and that's odd for him, because you know I thought he would love the death penalty, but he's with uh, the International Court on this one. And uh, other people are saying, no, 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 it would violate our sovereignty or whatever. And no, uh, the international people, they, they don't have anything over us. We should just listen to our own laws. So what do you think about international law versus, you know, domestic? I, I don't know. I'm of the opinion that uh, the United States of America should be able to set its own laws and, uh, those, and, and you know, whatever the uh, foreigners have to say about our criminal justice system stinks. I am completely against the death penalty. I'll be for the death penalty the day that humans are perfect, which, of course, is the day that we don't need that need it. Uh, you know, several uh, over 100 people have been released from death row um, since we reinstituted the death penalty in 1971. Yeah, I used to be against it, too, but then I, uh, then I heard um, in the book Freedomnomics, which is a rebuttal to Freakonomics, that the death penalty does deter murder, apparently, because it was a core... I could care less if the death penalty deters murder. The fact is there are innocent people that have been put to death over the years, and that's not right at all. Well, yeah, of course, and I think it should be heavily reformed. Like, I think that there should be this kind of council, this assembly of, like, 100 selected people. But those 100 selected people can still be wrong. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. (laughs) No, okay, so what they would do is, before considering the death penalty... um, the state would have to try to make sure as possible that there is absolutely no doubt to guilt. So in front of these 100 academics or whatever who know as much about the case as possible, it would make them take a vote. And if a single one of these 100 specially selected people says there is a doubt to this person's guilt, then they cannot be considered for the death penalty. I think then it's they an can, awful idea. I right. think when, it's when, when, um, when this council, when you convene this council and uh, you have them preside over these things, since they're so smart and wise and uh, just and pure, why don't they just run the rest of our lives, too? Well, no. Well, that's ridiculous, but I'm, but I'm saying... Uh, just, so uh, is the uh, idea that they should be able to uh, decide if a man lives or dies. I understand maybe the death penalty is statistically a deterrent. I don't see how the death penalty is somehow a deterrent over life in prison. Having spent a, b- a bit of time in prison myself, I can tell you the whole idea of life in prison stinks, and people commit suicide there. So apparently, they think li- um, life in prison is worse than death. Yeah, but I heard, but I heard just from the statistics about the certain the counties in Texas that were using it most had the biggest drop in crime in the '90s, which is they had the big drop in crime in the '90s, the famous drop in crime. It, again, means to the end, man. I think I think it's and a barbaric, you're believing the word of one author. It's a, it's a barbaric means to an end. I think we need oh, to be a little way. bit more humane. And in addition, I think that uh, also if you put someone to death, 
then they can never uh, provide any sort of restitution to the family. I think that what we need to do is move toward a system of restitution where if someone is uh, convicted of a horrible crime or murder or even something lightweight, the victim gets paid back to some extent. Now, obviously, you can't uh, put a real price on somebody's life necessarily, but it'd be better to send that family something rather than nothing at all, which is what they get from the death penalty. Right, they go to jail and they rot. Right. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I mean... Look, I understand that the people, the family members that are having their lives affected, and it's not just the family, it's business people, too. You know, if you're, if you're murdered, then you can't show up at work the next day, and if you are really critical of part of, part of the business that you work for, then they're in a tough time, they're in a bind, and they're out money, too. So uh, restitution should not only be, pay, be paid to the family, but restitution should also be paid to, uh, to anybody else that had any business dealings with you that you ruined by the fact that uh, you murdered somebody. And, and taking somebody away from their life in punishment doesn't do anything to make the victims whole again. I know people will say that, well, I'd feel great if that person got put to death. Would you really? Would you really? You think that if uh, the killer was put to death that you'd all of a sudden be over and done with uh, with your mourning well, they're process? Still gonna, they're still going to hate them, and you know, there's nothing you can do to... <sighs> You know, Might as well hate them while you're cashing a check from them. You can electrocute the person. You can lethal inject them. You can hang them. You can cut them in little pieces. You can burn those little pieces and take them to the farthest, worst corners of the earth. And the people that uh, you know, who, who are close to the person that that person murdered are still going to hate that individual. Mm-hmm. And they're still going to still feel pain over it all. Sure. You're still going to have nightmares about it. You're still going to be uh, you're still going to be missing an important part of your life, whether it be your spouse, whether it be your children, whether it be a mother or father or lo- another loved one. This is somebody who was an important part of your life, and they're now gone. They've been removed from your life because of the actions of another individual. Uh, if you think that, uh, again, killing that person is going to make everything all right, you're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself with an emotional, uh, essentially a very emotional response. It's uh, to some at some level denial. Well, I as think well. that I think that it, it it's it's fine with me if uh, people that are guilty of murder get killed. It's just that there's no way that we're ever going to get it right because we're fallible, and so we shouldn't take this 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 final level of uh, of. Uh, you know, this final level of punishment. Well, what Tom was advocating there was essentially a utilitarian uh, response. He was saying that, well, uh, this, according to this book, which was written by John Lott, and he's great on guns. I mean, he's great on guns. Doesn't mean he's right about everything. Uh, so in, in the book, it claims that these Texas counties have got lower rights, uh, rates of murder after these people have been uh, sent to, to, the, to death row, that people have been put to death. And so therefore, it's a deterrent, and therefore, we should, we should do this. Uh, but again, that's just uh, the greatest good for the greatest number, and that's utilitarianism. Whereas your your cost on that is the fact that innocent people are going to lose their lives because they were wrongfully convicted. Maybe there was an overzealous prosecutor. They just picked somebody off the street in order to frame them for a crime. Who knows what the issues were? There have been, as you said, over 100 people that have come off of death row in the last 20 or 30 years. Uh, they've been completely vindicated, completely exonerated from the crimes they were alleged to have committed. It's bad enough that they spent 10 or 15 years in prison, but at least they're out now, and they can live the rest of their lives. Those other people that they've been put that have already been put to death, we have no way of knowing how many of those people were innocent. Inevitably, there are some of them that were, and it's tragic. How dare you want to put someone to death who's an innocent man for the future prospect of having less murder? My, you know, the question you have to ask yourself if you support the death penalty is, how many people am I willing to kill to keep this death penalty thing around? 
innocent people. Innocent people. 1-800-259-9231. Whether you want to talk the death penalty or immigration or whatever's on your mind, this is Free Talk Live. Talk Live and you, as always, can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got archives. An entire year's worth of the show front page of the website for your download, uh, downloading convenience. Enjoy them for free at freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their kib- crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. Darn comfy, too. Yes, indeed. I like mine. To the phones, to the fun. Talk to Gene in Tennessee. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amplifier line. Hello. I want to point out an inconsistency in your position. Great. Okay, sure. Yeah, you say that... Um, you don't want to execute anybody because uh, you lose an innocent life in uh, X number of cases, which I agree with that. I'm, a, I'm also anti-death penalty. Okay. On the same notion, though, you say that you want to abort a fetus simply because uh, you think that, in your opinion, their life may be miserable because somebody don't love them or whatever. No, or they're going to have a rough life. So I don't think I've taken, I haven't taken them. that uh, that that stance, uh, Gene. My my stance is that I believe that prohibiting things uh, drives it into the black market and creates all kinds of awful, uh, you know, extraneous well, activities. You know that I am the Christian anarchist. Yes. So I don't. I don't. I also do not. Uh, want to prohibit abortion. Right. You know, that's never been, that is not my stance. I can't say it's never been my stance because I've changed my views over time. Me too. But my stance is not that I would prohibit abortion. But to say that abortion is okay because you think that that uh, potential human being, that potential child will have a rough life, so therefore you're going to condemn them to death. And then at the same time, you say that you don't support the death penalty because one out of a hundred may be innocent is inconsistent. That's, those two positions right. are If I did say that, that would be inconsistent. What I said was, um, for the caller, Eddie, who called in, was I asked him where are his adopted slash foster children if he's so concerned about this particular um, you know, abortion, this particular activity, this, this atrocity that's going on. What, what is he doing about it? Um, I think it that doesn't matter. The, the position is that if it's if you're killing a life because you because of the fact that the woman thinks that they don't want the child and they don't want to raise the child and somebody has made a judgment that the life of that child is not worthy for some reason therefore they're going to ch- they're going to kill it that position is exactly the same as promoting the death penalty so i don't see how one can have one position I- First of all, I don't know if it is the exact same position, but maybe you're referring to what I said on the show, not necessarily what Mark said, uh, in, in which case I think that uh, you know it is the woman's choice uh, to decide. And, uh, it, it I agree is... that it's the woman's choice to decide, but she is murdering that child. So well, that's, that's, a, you know, that's what we're going to disagree child. on, Gene. You say, you say it's murder. I say the child never had a life in the first place. So, well, you, know. you can't say that the child never had a life in the first place because you haven't seen that child grow to fruition. If you saw the child grow to fruition, you saw the end result, okay, he's an alcoholic in the gutter at age 35, 
then you can say, yeah, I was right, he should have been aborted. But you cannot go back then and abort him 30 years prior to that. He could also grow up to become a Nobel Prize winning author. He could very well. And, you know, there could be all kinds of uh, you can make arguments like, uh, for instance, when I uh, when when every man um, self pleasures himself, there are billions, uh, millions and billions of little spermies that are never going to make it to uh, to have the life of their own that they deserve. I mean, isn't that a tragedy, too? If that is your position, then you shouldn't be self pleasuring yourself. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm asking you what you think. You think that's a tragedy too? Every time a, a man self pleasures, because, because I think that it's when the the egg and the sperm meet that's when life occurs because that's when it starts multiplying and dividing, and it has a potential of of continuing its life and reproducing. Until that time, a, a sperm can't reproduce, an egg can't reproduce. Right. So therefore, the two of them are not life forms; they are simply the Life. Well, but likely what you've done together, at this point, uh, Gene, is uh, to uh, descend us into talk radio hell so that we're probably going to have to spend the rest of the show talking about abortion with uh, people who disagree with you. But um, <laughs> Well, you know, I do my part. I do the best I can for you guys, so, so good luck and have fun with it. <laughs> All right, Gene, thanks for the call. You know, I'm glad we agree... I'm glad we agree with Gene that abortion shouldn't be prohibited. I'm glad he understands that because it's really important. Because if you do prohibit abortion, then it goes underground. It becomes dangerous. It's not going to go away. It's just going to become very, very dangerous and expensive. It's Uh, certainly not going to stop. We have uh, history to prove that, uh, in fact, women will want abortions badly enough that they will continue to get them. Absolutely. And, uh, look, I don't think that it's necessarily that the woman uh, thinks that her son is going to grow up to be an alcoholic. I just think that she thinks that, uh, in many cases, they might... She can't take care of him. That's all. think that it's just not the right time that you know this is not the right time in my life to do this and i would if i'm going to have a child i would rather have a child when i am ready to have the child not when some rules of society dictate that i must have the child and the fact is people make mistakes you know the condoms break the birth control doesn't work all the time things happen and pregnancies happen many people are or unwanted julia was an un was an unwanted pregnancy. Obviously, I'm glad they had her, but if they hadn't had her, I never would have known she was out there in the first place. So, you know, the whole argument that there's all this untapped potential out there that has been flushed down the drain because of uh, because of abortions, it may be true. You know, the babies that have been aborted, the fetuses that have been aborted over time, may indeed have grown to do wonderful things, and they might have grown to do awful, tyrannical things at the same time. It's completely unpredictable, and there's no way to know what they would have done with their lives. The fact is, they didn't have the opportunity to have them, and that was a decision that was in the hands of the mother. And it will continue to be in the hands of the mother, and so I don't really even know what the issue is here. Really, what is the issue with abortion? Some people want to stop it. Okay, great. You can't. Right. That, that's not, that is not your option. You do not have the option of actually stopping abortions from occurring. You have the option of outlawing them, in which case we'll put talented, our young, talented doctors in jail for performing these things, and we'll put our uh, young, uh, full of potential women in jail for having them. Talk about destroying potential. Talk about destroying real life Talk potential. Talk about st- uh, destroying uh, life and society and all these other things. Do we really want that? I don't want it. I nope. certainly do not want to pay for this. I don't want so a war please, on abortion. No thanks. So please don't wave guns in my face and make me pay to incarcerate doctors and, and young women. So Do I know. think abortion's right? No, I do not.
I am. I will unequivocally tell you that I believe that in most cases, abortion is the wrong thing to do. Ah, uh, you did say in most cases. In most cases, um, that you know that you can put the child up for adoption. That they're especially, especially if um, the child is uh, white and that um, it's going to be a an, a a baby adoption. People will want it once the child enters uh, the sort of foster uh, orphan situation. Mm-hmm. It gets very tough, and that's what my my problem is with people that are against abortion. Hey, if you care so deeply about this subject, get out there and adopt a foster child, because then the system will take better care of the ones that would be open. You're you're clearing the path for abortion to be against you know uh, immoral. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Hopefully you'll want to talk about something else, but you can talk about this issue. It is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything. 800-259-9231. On the way, uh, otherwise we will talk about Northern California farmers. They're pretty upset over this immigration issue, and it might not be for the reasons you're expecting. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where the features are the totally free, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, and the bulletin board system, bulletin board system with over a quarter of a million posts, serious issues and fun stuff all being discussed, and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. In fact, Gene, the Christian anarchist who we were just talking with on the phones, is also one of our BBS participants, so you can talk to Gene. He's there for you. Uh, lots of people are there, over 1,700 participants. Uh, once again, bbs.freetalklive.com. Northern California, San Jose, as a matter of fact, uh, NBC 11 reporting that farmers in and around Northern California are starting to feel the pinch from tighter border security and visa requirements. Some farmers told uh, NBC 11's Daniel Garza they expect some of their fields to remain unpicked. They said the illegal immigrant workers they've depended on to pick their fields are no longer crossing the border because of tighter security at the border. Now, it may, I think they're exaggerating a little bit. Obviously, people are yeah, still people crossing are still the crossing, border. Sure. But they're saying they're seeing a difference. They're saying they're seeing a slowdown. And some say they believe their fields will end up filled with rotting produce. The Bush administration has learned of the possible loss of millions of dollars for thousands of farmers throughout the country and is attempting to loosen visa requirements for workers. However, the farmers told Garza the attempt is too little, too late. Uh, Now, it's interesting that the farmers are saying this because if you listen to the anti-immigration zealots out there, they will tell you that, well, there's, if they were just given the opportunity, white be- people or Americans would line up to take these jobs. It's it- absolutely true, though, Ian. I would take a job picking fruit or uh, vegetables or whatever there in Northern California. It's San Jose. It could be near Casterville. There could be picking artichokes. Um, whatever. I will pick artichokes for $160,000 a year. Not going to do it. Right. I'm not going to pay that. That's really the issue. Because is then those would be $20 artichokes. It's not artichokes. that the Americans won't do the job. It's that they won't do the job for the price that uh, you know the illegal immigrants will. Essentially, this illegal immigrant status we put on these people turns them into slave labor because they can't quit these jobs and go work for someone else because the employer might turn them into ICE or whatever. Yeah, well, 
that's a general statement. It's not even necessarily true. You're you're presuming that all of these employers are awful people and they wouldn't let the, the these guys quit. Well, and if uh, they do let them quit and they go to the next employer, I mean, at some point or another, you're motivating these employers to be bad despotic that people. That much is true. The, the motivations and the incentives are there for that. Uh, but nonetheless, where I mean, if they're saying they can't get people to pick the plants, the fruit, then... Again, that just flies right in the face of the argument that these uh, anti-immigrant zealots claim that all their oh the only reason that we're not working is because of the illegal immigrants. Well, where are you, where are you guys? Why aren't the uh, regular Americans, legal Americans, lining up in droves to get all these wonderful farm jobs? Oh wait, no one really wants to be out there in the hot sun for 12 hours a day picking fruit. The president has blamed Congress for failing up to uh, failing to come up with acceptable new immigration laws. Experts expect the impact on agribusiness to affect Americans' pocketbooks. Working in the fields is a hard job that few will do, according to Pete Aiello of Usigi Farms in Gilroy. He says we'll have guys out in the field as early as 5 o'clock in the morning, and mm. the last guys won't leave the field until 6 or 7 o'clock at night. They've got families to feed, man. It doesn't matter whether those families are in the United States or whether they're in Mexico. They have people that care that they care about, that care about them, that they need to take care of. Growers said not only is the supply of workers getting smaller, but the federal guest worker program, known as the H-2A visa, is too time-consuming. It says when you submit an application... It's, right, it's, it's a heck of a lot easier to uh, swim the Rio Grande... Than it is to fill out the, the than it is to climb that mile mountain of paperwork. But wait a minute, he's not talking about it being too uh, time consuming necessarily for the immigrant, although it is. He's talking about it from a business perspective. Oh, really? He's saying when you submit an application, oftentimes they can't turn it around for two or three months, and but by they then can't, they won't because they're bureaucrats and they're slow. Right. And by then, half of our harvest season is gone, said Aiello. So this was that, uh, remember that uh, that guest worker program where essentially the, uh, the, the the Hispanics or the immigrants were to, to come in and team up with a company that right. was going to sponsor them in. Sure. And, you know, they'd become essentially a, a, almost a slave to the company, but not quite. It's like a slave Didn't we with predict that this was going to happen, that the bureaucrats were going to be too slow and unresponsive? And uh, It's a safe prediction. I don't remember, if, I don't know if we specifically predicted this one, but a White House spokes bureaucrat said it's important for the farm sector to have access to labor. And the uh, farmer says, I'm really happy the government is about to raise an eyebrow about the situation. Unfortunately, by the time they actually sit down and put their noses to the grindstone and try to implement something, that could be years down the road before it's finally done. The owner of JJNF Food Store, John Garcia, said in the long run, consumers will feel the impact of fewer farm workers. He says, supply is going to be down. Demand is going to be up. It's going to increase, and it's going to increase sure. a lot. It's, we're all going to pay for it. For this whole, we're going to keep America for Americans. we got to get a cut down. This cheap labor. They're taking our jobs. All that crap. We're all going to have to pay for it in the grocery store. Of course, the other solution, as some of the uh, California farmers are deter- determining, is to just move the farm. You know, you can't find people to work here in America. Well, move it down south. That's what they're doing. Yeah. They've already started doing that. They're, so, they're, they're outsourcing the jobs. They're taking them out of the country and moving them to Mexico. Right, you see what, if you want Mexicans to work on your farm and the Americans won't let the Mexicans in, well, let's move it to Mexico where the Mexicans right. are. What, America, what some Americans don't seem to understand is that business owners do not have an obligation to offer you a job in the first place. They get all upset. They're stealing our jobs. It's <laughs> not your job. Right. It's not your job. It's not America's job. It's their job. It's the business owner's job that they're offering up. And if they're not able to do do their business in the way they want to do their business by whatever laws and absurd government rules and regulations have been passed, 
They're going to throw in the towel, and they're going to go somewhere else. They'll take their jobs to some other country that appreciates their, their business, that appreciates the fact that they want to do business in their country. And that's why people have been moving their businesses elsewhere. That's why phones are answered in India. That's why farms are going down to Mexico. That's why products are being manufactured in China. Because American politicians want to continue to control American businessmen. And American businessmen, they've all got their line in the sand. All of them have, you know, they all love America. This is where they were born and raised, many of them, unless they're immigrants. And there are a lot of immigrant businessmen and entrepreneurs. But for the ones that were born and raised here, obviously they feel some sort of allegiance to America. They feel some sort of allegiance to their fellow man within close geographical proximity to them. But if the other fellow men in close geographical uh, proximity calling themselves government seems hell-bent on stopping these, uh, these businessmen and entrepreneurs from offering the jobs, they'll go somewhere else, just like they've been doing for decades and will continue to do. And all the while, Americans will cry their eyes out about outsourcing. <laughs> the terrible companies, the corporations, they're, they're trying to ruin America. And, and, you know, it's, they're it's, trying to ruin America by bringing you lower priced products and services that's what they're because trying to do because americans won't pay otherwise they, they, they can't compete with i the don't labor. want to pay five bucks for an apple right they can't compete with the labor that um it costs and then you know uh, with what it uh costs in other countries you got a choice of california oranges or brazilian oranges mm-hmm. well what are we going to do we're going to put huge tariffs on brazil and then they're going to send their oranges someplace else oh, God. it's madness it really is just absolute madness we need to keep the government out of people's businesses and your personal life they really the government just needs to step away they're the ones that are creating the problems in the first place and the the real issue is that american people they keep looking to the government for the solution hello they started it we've been told all along that this is what's going to fix it well they lied to you all along and they continue to lie to you and it's amazing that people continue to believe them so that's what we're trying to do here is be a little iconoclastic, maybe throw some of these issues up in your face, get you to think about them in a way that you might not have necessarily thought about them had you listened to Rush Limbaugh or Al Franken or one of the other lefties or righties out there. Right, because they just support the government in their own way. Sure. It, either way, it's the same thing. If you know the the lefties think that the government's going to solve the uh, social problems of the world, that they can they can take care of the poor people, that they can actually eliminate poverty, that they can do any of these things, and they can't. Or they can't not do by it, force. Not, they can't do it efficiently. Right, not with government programs. And you know, Rush somehow thinks that uh, the, the army can uh, make the world safe. It, it can go out there and and it can eliminate this uh, you know radical Muslim problem. Well, it's helping recruit new ones, is what it's doing. I'm sorry, the army's just the Republicans' version of welfare. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Immigration, whatever's on your mind, you bring it up. We'll talk to you about it. Only moments remain. We'll also give you an update on two stories: uh, the latest on the Ed Brown situation and the latest on Brett Darrow, the young man who recorded a police officer going off the handle. Uh, we'll find out how the police have been harassing him here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it right now at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. We're inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are for free. But we do ask you voluntarily support the show by shopping at the Free Talk Live store. Lots of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise and even some other products that don't even have our logo on them that we just thought were pretty cool. Uh, but, uh, I think the most popular merchandise has to be the Free Talk Live hats and T-shirts and hoodies. Very nice quality merchandise. I think you're going to be pleased. 
everybody's been pleased with that stuff so far. So head over to store.freetalklive.com. You can also learn about how to get a free bumper sticker. That's store.freetalklive.com. As we go to the phones to Monica calling from Texas. Hello, Monica. Hello. Hi. You're on the air. What's on your mind? Cool. Um, I just wanted to uh, get back to uh, the email that you brought up earlier in the show about the Child Protective Services. Yeah. Yeah, just to recap, uh, one of our listeners, he's got, I guess, some uh, some family internal problems. One family member has called CPS on another family member, and it's, of course, thrown everything into turmoil. What did you have to say? Well, I had a, a story to share, and I really wanted to hear some, some other people's opinions on this because this is a problem that's, you know, becoming... Uh, more apparent in our society, you know, it's not just family members, but just busybodies, nosy people trying mm-hmm. to interfere with the way that, you know, you, you raise your kids, right? It could be sure. someone that you don't even know who saw you drive away, took down your license plate number, and then reported you, right? For But anyway... Very um, well could be. So when I was in second grade, um, you know, the, the counselor for the school uh, came in and introduced himself, and over the period of about, like, two or three weeks, or the entire semester, really, or the entire school period, because um, they basically solicited information, like tried to get the kids to rat out their parents, right? Wow. About what, specifically? (laughs) About, um, well, you know, do your parents ever, you know, hit you, touch you, like... How many times, you know, do they beat you, whatever? So they're out there doing, uh, they're they're proselytizing. They're doing outside sales trying to find uh, new parents to uh, go torture. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, you know, this was some decades ago. And, uh, you know, it's only gotten worse. Now Congress is trying to pass, uh, you know, mental, mandatory mental health screening for all, you know, public school children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's going to be great. And um, I really want to know, how do you protect yourself from these people? You don't let your kids uh, get into their clutches in the first place. Don't. How do you protect? How do you protect yourself from you know the arbitrary influences of busybodies just in society? Well, I mean, from all busybodies, then you just—I mean—the only way to protect yourself in that way would be to make yourself as anonymous as possible, and that's not very—you know—that's certainly not a very social thing to do. Um, yeah. I, I would say you just need to be as careful as possible who you associate with. Uh, associate with other liberty-minded people, if possible. That way, busybodies can't get you to know, know of you. Any ways, hmm? Do you know of any ways to actually, you know, uh, combat? Uh, kind of a fraudulent uh, CPS investigation like that? God, I can't imagine. Um, at, at that point, combating it, you're, you're essentially talking you're about in take, it. taking it to court. And, uh, you know, once Their they, court. Yeah, once the uh, C, uh, Child Protective Services decides that you're, you're a person of interest, and uh, they can do whatever they want to your family, and, you know, you've got to prove yourself innocent. I think the only way to combat this beyond uh, just, you know, associating with the friend, with people that you trust is to get to the free state, move to the uh, move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, and work to repeal child protective services. Uh, work to put the protection of children in the hands of volunteers and people in the in charities that actually care about kids instead of these uh, these bureaucrats. That I'm sure some of them care, but a lot of them are just you know heartless bureaucrats, and they they are ruining people's lives. They're running roughshod over families, and it's all based on much of it is all based on nothing more than simple accusation. Really, the system's going to have to change, and that that. That is going to require a lot of work. Otherwise, the only way to do it is be to avoid the system as much as possible. If that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's not. It's a lackluster solution, like you said, because uh, it kind of makes you, forces you to not be social, right, where you would like to be. But sure, 
Anyway, um, you can always not have kids too. I mean, that's one way to insulate right, yourself that's, from that's it. That's Ian's little uh, s- solution. Yeah, and actually, that's that's been one of the primary cons- You know, that's been a, a, a thing that you know really weighs on my mind. Is like, do you well, want to bring a kid into a child world protective where services does not intervene in most people's lives? But when they do, you your whole life is turned upside down, Mark. Exactly right. Absolutely. When they do, do, you can't escape it. And it can be for the most innocuous of reasons. Your neighbor just might not like the way you painted your house, or they may have some issue with you that you don't even know about. They could call, uh, call they could, and snitch they could, you out. They could call and snitch you out over anything. Your dog, um, they could, you know, the cops can pull you over for a broken light. I don't see any reason to, st- to avoid having children over the fact that the child protective, the bureaucrats might come after you for the child. They might come after you for anything. They might sure, come to your house and cut down your me. orange tree because it has uh, canker but on then it. At least they're coming after me and not uh, an innocent child. That's all. That's all, all right, I'm well, saying. That, I think that about answers it. So I'm going to get off the line and uh, thanks. Thank uh, you, thank Monica. You. Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Ken in Tennessee. Ken, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? What's on your mind, Great Ken? Show. Thanks. What's up? I, I just wanted to say a couple of things that I had seen recently in the news and kind of just without saying which way I go on it or even without interruption. Okay. But Can't I guarantee you that. that yeah. <laughs> Iranian, the Iranian president, Ahmadinejad, I'm sure I butchered that, yep. uh, has said now that we didn't really understand his comment about homosexuals. So even he seems to be worried about the PC police. I just thought that was... I just laughed out loud when I saw that. Well, he he knows that he uh, he hurt some of his uh, you know uh, the the people in the United States would be more sympathetic to, towards him. He knows that he hurt that base to some extent by uh, saying <laughs> we just don't have. But I just thought you know he, now he's worried about the PC police. All right. Anyway, and about a week ago on CNBC, and I don't remember all the context, but I'll just summarize. They were talking about Congress's effort to uh, prohibit taxation of the internet. Hmm. And I don't mean, you know, you had to pay a tax to use it, but uh, a sales tax and stuff like that. Right. But one of the arguments was that it was just going to be really expensive for businesses to keep track of all this stuff, and that's always been the argument. Mm-hmm. But anyway, CNBC then had a guy come on, and he talked about it, and then he said, well, it shouldn't be too bad. It's just $3. A, should be just about $3 a month, like... Oh, don't worry about new taxes. It's only three dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's where it starts. Well, that, and, and this is on CNBC, which is generally pretty, you know, conservative. Hmm. <laughs> well, that's where it starts. Just, they might start it at three dollars a month, and then it can go to thirteen dollars. Yeah, well, two dollars here, and there's a dollar there, and there's eighty-five cents here. Right. You know, that's how they started the income tax way back in 1913. Well, yeah, they were just going to put it on the richest people, and it was just going to be a little bit, and it was going to be temporary, and all that other stuff. Ken, but, you're right. And thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The sickle CAI toll free line. I think he's wrong about something though. What's that? And that was that they are considering an internet. Not they. He was right that they are considering considering internet sales tax, but they're also considering an internet consumption tax, meaning that if you look at your cable modem or DSL bill right now, there's no line for federal tax. There is on your cable bill, but not the actual cable modem portion. They're talking about having an internet access tax, 
like you have a cell phone tax or five cell phone taxes. I think is what they, they there's so many cell phone taxes of the local tax and the state tax and the federal tax and the other federal tax. So that's what we're talking about here. They are actually that's why he mentioned three dollars a month. It would be something like that on your internet bill. So instead of paying forty nine ninety nine, you'd be paying you know fifty two bucks or fifty two ninety nine or right. something like that. Um, so yes, they are looking at taxing internet access as well as internet sales tax. So that would just be broadband, likely, because they couldn't really... You know, they uh, you, they, they could do it on the dial-up, too. How could they do it on dial-up? They don't know if you have dial-up. Sure they do. There are dial-up internet service providers out there. What do you mean they oh, don't so know? Oh, so they would uh, tax the service provider. Uh, it, will be, it's, it would be just like any other uh, business that is responsible for yeah. collecting taxes for the government. They would all of a sudden issue letters to every internet service provider out there or I was just whatever. thinking it was on, based on the equipment. I, I didn't jump quickly right, They'd issue letters out, and they'd say, you must now pay starting in January of 2008. You must now collect taxes for this uh, internet service by penalty of law. Because we, the government, right. created the internet for you, and you, therefore, yeah, should pay nonsense. us. Yeah, nonsense. Garbage. Um, we'll talk more tomorrow about uh, the Brett Darrow case. He's the young man that was driving around, had a camera mounted in his car, and caught a cop just going off. The cop claiming he was just going to charge him with all kinds of made-up crap. You remember that story, Yeah, Mark? Oh, yeah. It, was, it well, was disgusting. Turns out the cops have been stalking him. Of course. Well, uh, we'll get to that. They one of their own, you We'll know? get to that tomorrow. The blue um, team. In the meantime, quick update from Concord, New Hampshire. A convicted New Hampshire tax evader is now at his new home, a federal prison in Ohio. Stephen Monnier, the U.S. Marshal for New Hampshire, says Ed Brown of Plainfield arrived earlier today at the low-security federal corrections institution in Elkton, Ohio. He says Brown had not spent any time in a New Hampshire jail since being arrested, but had been at undisclosed locations under the watch of the marshal's deputies en route to prison. Elaine, his wife had begun serving her sentence earlier this week at a federal correction institution in Danbury, Connecticut, uh, which is a minimum security prison for women. So update there on Mm. the Browns. They are now apparently at their final destination, the federal minimum security prisons. Hopefully they're okay. Hopefully they weren't roughed up too much. I don't think anybody on our side has actually been able to talk to them, but it's good to know that they're still alive. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.